Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. So I have an assignment this morning, and uh, my assignment is to talk to you about God's guidelines for the walk of faith. I'm going to say that again. My assignment to you today is to talk to you about God's guidelines for the walk of of faith. Now, uh, this is uh, really my message piggybacks on what we uh, heard last week as Pastor Chad was leading. So from uh, last week's uh, sermon, I want to go through the same areas. If you were here with us or you watched online, uh, you know that we we dealt and we had a quiz. So I want to walk with you through the areas of belief that our lead pastor quizzes on. It's important to know what we believe. It really is. It is crucial to, to how we cope with life. Because therein lies the problem. It's important that we know what we believe, but therein lies the problem. Because it's possible to believe the wrong thing. It's possible to believe the wrong thing. So once you've given your heart to the Lord, think about this. Once you've given your heart to the Lord, the enemy of our souls, the devil, Satan, he knows he has lost you eternally. He knows how... They're, they're going to spend the eternity with, with, with Jesus Christ. So he knows that he's lost us in that regard. So what does our great enemy, the devil, try to get us to do? What does he try to do? He tries to distract us with the cares of this world. Jesus referred to it in the parable of, of the, the seed. And he talked about, he said, uh, about some seed falls among the thorns. And he talked about how that the word of God goes forth and that um, and when the seed goes into thorns, it's, it's representative of how the cares of this world can get our mind off in the word and off in what Jesus Christ has said to us. Peter, in his first epistle, puts it this way. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to Devour. So I want to talk to you about because I don't want to see any of you devoured by our enemy. I want to see you solid and, and doing what Jesus uh, wants us to do. So that's why we need this morning. We need proper guidelines to lead to a proper walk. So that's my title. So uh, proper guidelines to lead to a proper walk. So let's take a look at those eight types of or aspects of belief that Pastor Chad talked to us about last week. Number one. Success. He talked about success. And the key concept when we talk about concept or or, uh, success is goals. When you accomplish goals, you know you're successful. But more importantly, what is God's goal for our lives? Second Peter chapter one says this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, 
He has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. What a passage of scripture. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, Peter says, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen, because we all want to receive in the, uh, a rich welcome into our eternal, uh, eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I put this down. I am successful when my goals bring glory to God. When you are successful, not because you accomplish your goals, but when your goals bring glory to God. And that's what First Peter or Second Peter is, is all about. The second, the second aspect that, that or a part of the quiz was uh, on the word significance. And we're describing the, the multifaceted side of our belief. And I'm talking to you today individually about the different aspects of our belief, but really they're all intricate. Uh, and they're, they're all, uh, they're really inextricable and they all work together. But today, our belief talks about significance. And that was the second uh, point we were quizzed on last week. And significance, how significant am I? And what does my belief have to say about being significant? And the key concept, when we talk about significance, is time. How do we spend our time? Over in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, uh, Paul says this, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, thank God for that, but godliness has value for all Things. And then, then Paul says to Timothy, and this was his bottom line, he says, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So in other words, Paul is talking to Timothy. He said, Timothy, you need to have your mind on eternity, but also you need to know, you need to be mindful of what you're doing right now. How are you spending your time, Timothy? And what are you doing with it? And, and, and how is that time being significant for the advancement of of the kingdom of God. So what do and, and what, what we do and say for Christ in this world, no matter how insignificant it seems, will last forever. That was a quote from uh, uh, the book that we're looking at, Victory Over Darkness by Neil Anderson. And he was saying this, what we do say 
and, and, and sometimes it may be small or it may be large. What we do say, uh, do and say for Christ in this world, no matter how insignificant it seems, it will last forever. I remember many uh, moons ago that there was a speaker and he talked to us and he, his teaching was so solid and it stuck with me. And his theme was live your life now. Live your life now in light of eternity. Yes, yes, eternity's coming. That's going to be great. And we're all looking forward to going to heaven. But what is very important right now, that you live your life right now in light of eternity so that today, this moment, reflects eternity. Every day we have been given is a gift. And our significance is based on how we spend our day. How we give glory to God. How does eternity, how does eternity affect your life now is the question. I remember it was in high school, and in my final year of high school, that I had to come to grips with what I was going to do with my life. And, and, and I had heard many sermons. I had been in church, in and out, taking, taking church lightly, sometimes seriously, and so forth. But in my final year of high school, God really began to speak to me. And the truth that really convicted me, and it was something that the Holy Spirit put, uh, and it really uh, confronted me with, is whatever I do in life, I want it to last for eternity. So I could think about all kinds of decisions and careers and occupations, this kind of stuff. But what really was gripping me at that moment, because I wanted to be significant. I wanted to make sure that my life would count. And, and finally, the conclusion was, whatever I do, I want it to last for eternity. And the only thing that I could think of at that present moment for me, and this may not be for you, but you still got to answer the question. The only thing for me was to go into ministry, was to go into full-time ministry because I wanted to be investing uh, my life in the lives of souls and in, in, in the lives of those that would uh, and do something that would last for e eternity. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31 says this. Just in case, you know, and, and it doesn't matter really what career you do or choose or what God calls you to do. But I like what 1 Corinthians 10 and 31 says. So whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, and I like, this is very simple, do it all for the glory of God. So I conclude my thought on significance with this statement. I am significant when I realize only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. Point number three. We talked about uh, uh, being successful. We talked about being significant. I want to talk to you about fulfillment. And fulfillment's all part of our belief because your belief Whatever it is you believe in and, and how you practice that, it, it's got to bring to you fulfillment. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says that each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Let me repeat that again. Fulfillment, it, the, the concept here is, is, is my role preference. Each of you should use whatever gift you have, to, you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. There was a song 
that, that uh, I, I remember uh, early on in, in my life, and it went like this. It was very close, and I'm just going to give you the first line. It says, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. There was a hymn that was sung uh, early on in my, in my certainly in my uh, ministerial time. It was a hymn called, So Send I You. And, it, and the essence of that hymn was that I'll go wherever you want me to go. And it may be, I, it may be something that I won't receive the greatest reward here on earth, but I want to go and I want to do what you have called me to do. I want to, I want to, I want to live to the full that, that particular place that you have given to me and, and that particular preference uh, that you have allowed me to have. And so this is, this is what Anderson has to say about, about fulfillment. And fulfillment is discovering our own uniqueness. Everyone in this room today, you are unique. And God has placed you where you are at because he has a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. And he wants you to be fulfilled. He wants you to be fulfilled in exactly what he's called you to do. And so fulfillment is discovering our own uniqueness in Christ and using our gifts, whatever that may look like to you. And some of you know what you've got and some of you don't. But God has given you gifts and talents and abilities. And the main reason that he is giving you this so that you will be fulfilled is so that you would edify others and glorify the Lord. Your greatest fulfillment will come from accepting and occupying, in other words, okay, Lord, you got me here. Okay, I know that you've got me here. This is where you placed me. And, and, and Lord, I, I want to thank you that not only have you uh, given me this particular uh, this place, but you want me uh, to uh, uh, bless others. You want me to, to, to minister uh, unto others. Uh, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And in my my concluding statement on fulfillment. And I want you to know that at this season in my life, and I've been a, I've been a minister for a long time, and, and I've enjoyed every minute of it, but i got to tell you, I have never been more fulfilled in, in ministry in my life than I am right at this present moment because I'm understanding I am, I am accepting where God has called me. I am occupying the place that God wants me to. And the thing that gives me such great fulfillment is knowing that in this place that how God wants me to love him but to, to love others and minister uh, to, to those that are around me. And, and so I conclude by saying I am experiencing fulfillment when I use what God has given to me to bless and honor others. Let me repeat that because it fits. It fits for all of us today. You want to experience fulfillment, then, then identify with this statement. I am experiencing fulfillment when I use what God has given to me. He's given it to you. Take it. And to bless others. So today, if you think, man, I, I, I think I'm, I'm spinning my wheels. I don't know. Bless others. You start blessing others, you're going to find and you're going to experience the fulfillment that God has, has given to you. Some of these words that, that were, uh, we used in reference last week so, sound very similar, and, and they're close together. Like, for example, number four, satisfaction. Satisfaction. Well, you think it would kind of kind of go together uh, with uh, fulfillment, and it does. Satisfaction, and the key concept about satisfaction is quality, quality. 
Now think about that for just a moment. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. They will be filled. Uh, uh, think about this. Satisfaction is, is determined. See if, I'm, see if I'm saying it right, okay? Satisfaction is, is determined by quality, right? Quality. Think about that just for a moment. Uh, a satisfied, ready? A satisfied customer, what? What about a satisfied customer? They're going to come back for more because they enjoyed the quality. Uh, they enjoyed the, uh, the quality uh, of, of the food. And not only do they do that, if there's a satisfied customer, what do they do? Now, not only do they come back, but they're going to tell others, hey, man, you got to go to this restaurant and you got to try this particular dish because, man, it was good. And, man, did I ever enjoy it because they were satisfied. I remember one day we had a fender bender, and it wasn't my fault, nor was it Gracie's fault. But it was one of those times that we had a great time together, and uh, uh, we had fellowship with somebody else. And uh, so we got a car fixed, and we took it over to Fix It Auto. Fix Auto. You know where that is over there? Okay. Anyway, I'm telling you about this because I was a satisfied customer. Took our car over there. They were very nice. They had a nice rental vehicle. Uh, they did a great job, and they left a rose on this front seat. And I'm telling you about it because I was satisfied with the quality of their work. Satisfaction and quality mean quite a bit, and, and they work together. And today, you and I are challenged with that. When it came to uh, retirement, uh, in, in my role, uh, and most of you know by now that I'm never going to retire. That, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm, you know I, will, I will die with my boots on. I mean, it made part-time and so forth. Anyhow, so I, I had to work through, some, work through some things. So when it came to retirement, I had to come to grips with some introspective questions. Here's, here's what I had to come to grips with. I said, because so I, I really wanted to be satisfied in what I was going to be doing. Number one, what will life be like for me now? What will be life be like for me beyond full-time ministry? Uh, what will be my title? Where will my office be? What will I do? Who am I? Knowing the, knowing, here, and here was the bottom line. I worked through all these things, and it probably was a year, a year and a half process, as it, just working through all those kind of questions. But here was my conclusion. Knowing whose I am was key to my satisfaction. It wouldn't be answered by title, office, function, but my relationship with my Heavenly Father. So, I conclude this, this, this dimension of our, our belief is I am satisfied when I know whose I am. Because that's where the quality. And I talk about that. And I, I can let you know that that's the greatest place to be. Now, there was another side of, um, of what uh, we looked at last week. And the, and the was word, if you were taking notes last week, you know there was eight of them. And we're moving through them pretty good. But, but number five was happiness. Happiness. All of you want to be happy. And, and, and here is the key concept, and this one I really enjoy. And this one really comes home, and, and, and the others may be hard for you to, dis, uh, to, uh, to decipher the difference for, but I find that they all have their different aspects and their different dimensions. But happiness, 
Happiness is wanting what you have. Isn't that good? Happiness is wanting what you have, not wanting more. Happiness is wanting what you have. First Timothy chapter 6, Paul says to, uh, uh, to Timothy, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But we have food and clothing. We will be content with that. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that, Paul says. And, and so, so the point that he's making is say, hey, Timothy, you need to know how to be content with what you have. But he wasn't just saying that as a defeat, but he was really emphasizing, Timothy, you got to want what you have. You got to want what you have. So, and, and this, is, this is how this kind of worked for me. Like, like knowing, and this is some of the things about my own personal life, and if you can benefit from it, great. And if not, just kind of listen in. But I want you to know this morning that, that uh, wanting what you have, that starts with number one in my life, and that's not, well, Jesus, of course, but my wonderful wife, Gracie. And knowing this, somebody started clapping. That's a good time to clap for sure. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. Okay. Knowing grace as my wife, but knowing this, that she's the best wife I could ever have. Because God knew, God knew that I needed that woman over there. She was the best thing for me. And so as a result of that, so knowing grace, and that has brought happiness. That has brought happiness to me. And, and knowing this, uh, that my children are the best for me. Uh, and, and so, oh yeah, sometimes they do things that I don't want, but, and I, I wouldn't do it the same way, but I know that they are the best children for me. And get this, this is a shouting point, and knowing that Bethel Church is the best for me as well. There we go, come on. Knowing that Bethel Church is the best for me. Also, knowing this, that Stratford, the city of Stratford, is the, bless, the best place for me to live. There may be some as good, but I can tell you this morning, there is none better. Because I learned that my happiness is wanting what I have. Wanting what I have and not more. Oh, it's so true. So, wanting what you have is much better than wanting more. Got it? Get it? Okay. So, I am happy when I realize, there she is over there, I have the best. How about you? How about you? Number six, there's another side of our, of our belief, and, and our time's going, and we're doing good. We're doing good. I got, I got a Shelton point coming up here, so but hey, stick with me, okay? So, so is the, the sixth side of our belief is, is fun. Fun. Do you like to have fun? Man, I, I, I like to have fun. Galatians, Galatians 1 says this about Paul, and he basically describing what takes away our fun, but he says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings? Because you can't have fun if you're trying to do that. Or of God. Or am I trying to please people? Man, I found out the hard way, man. You, you can't have fun if you're trying to please people. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So, Fun, and, and, and the concept is uninhibited spontaneity. You know, it's like, hey, learning to, you know, I, I don't care what people think. I just want to do what pleases God. And, 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 I, and I just want to do what 
pleases those that are so dear to me. So I, I love having fun. I love having good surprises, and this church has given me a lot of good surprises. I got to tell you about one time, it was a couple of summers ago, and uh, I was down at uh, uh, Queens Park, and, and uh, I was uh, riding uh, one of my uh, bikes down there, and, and uh, I had taken in a concert, and so I was chitter-chattering with everyone around there, and I came back to find my bike, and it was gone. Somebody had stole my bike. And, and, and so, so, so I, I, I'm looking all around, and, uh, and then, then just off hiding behind a bush was little Pearl Patterson. And, and little Pearl had, had taken my bike. She knew that I was going to be chin-waking. And so she went out. And then she not only had, but she had her grandmother and she had her grandfather. And they're all behind the bush. And guess what they're doing? They're all laughing because they see me looking around. We were having fun. It was a great time. And, and, and I just love having fun, and I, and, I, and, I, and I love, but I find that I can't have fun if I'm thinking about what, what, what are people going to think about me. And I love to have fun in worship. And i got to tell you that sometimes my worship is inhibited because I'm thinking, what are others going to think about me? But when I come to those moments in worship where I don't really care what others think about me, and I, and I worship un, un, uninhibited and, and, and spontaneously, and if I'm over here in my own corner over here and I can, and I can dance, and, and I know I'm an ugly dancer. I really know that. But, man, I want you to know, I, when I am able to do that, not thinking about what others are thinking, I enjoy fun in the Holy Spirit. And there is such a place as fun in the, in the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you about another spot that I have fun. Weekly, maybe two or three times a week, I get a phone call from Brighton, England. And it's my son, Kevin. And, and, and with my son, Kevin, uh, this is the only way during COVID that we've been able to connect. And, and so we have this FaceTime chat. Usually it's around 5 o'clock in the morning. But for me, I'm always up, so it doesn't matter. So 5 o'clock morning, this is cool. And for them over there, it's about 9 o'clock or so like that. So this is my moment for my grandson, and his name is Henry. Well, Henry, what he loves to do, and when he knows it's Gramps, he says, hey, Gramps. And what he will, his, his, his favorite line with me is to introduce me to his newest animal. And so he has all kinds of plastic animals that he will bring and show me. And one day it was a zebra, and one day it was a rooster. And he told me that a rooster went cockle-doodle-doo. That's pretty good for a three-year-old. And then not till yet, just this week, it was a kangaroo. And he told me, Gramps, did you know that a kangaroo has a pouch? And so, and then if it's not that, then it's the alphabet, and he's going A stands for apple and so forth like that. But this week, this week, oh, man, we were having fun. This week, he has a bubble gun, not gum, gun, G-U-N. It's one of those battery-powered things. You know, you put a little bit of the, the dish, dish detergent in there, and you push the thing, and it goes around, and the bubbles come out. And, man, he had that thing going this week. It was going pop, 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 and he was squealing, and I was squealing with him. We just had a good time. We just good time. Because I was getting down on his level. But here's how I wrap up this thought. I am having fun. I'm having fun when I look at my son's face. And I'm looking at my grandchild's face. I'm having fun when the father and son 
are smiling. Come on, right? I'm having fun. When the Father, my Father, and His Son, Lord Jesus Christ. Come on! They're smiling. And today, He looks for His children to, to enjoy uh, His presence. Okay, just a, just a couple more things that we're, we're watching our time here. When we're doing really good, so hope you're sticking with me uh, at home. Security is another side of my, my belief gives me security. And the key concept is relating to eternal, and I'll, I'll go through this one rather quick. Romans 8, 35 through 39 says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are not considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels or demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height or death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I conclude this thought with saying, I am secure when I realize nothing can separate me from my Father's love. Amen? Amen. Okay, one more, one more. My belief brings peace. And the concept is this, is establishing internal order. Colossians 3 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all and understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let, verse 15, I experience this verse every day. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I just love, I, let me say that one line again, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So I, I conclude this, and there's so much more that we could say about that, but I conclude, I conclude this thought by saying, I'm at peace when his oath, his covenant, his blood... Support me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way. He then is all my hope and stay. That's solid rock. Stand upon Jesus Christ. So, got to conclude this morning, and here's how we're going to conclude. These eight beliefs that we talked about, hope you took notes. If not, go back and listen to it. These eight beliefs or character goals of a Christian are not marks of perfection just because we have experienced them doesn't mean we have arrived at perfection but rather vital signs in other words when these beliefs are scripturally based we are healthy and victorious over the darkness if you declare with your mouth jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised from the dead you will be saved is what Paul said in, to the Romans church. So, so this morning, I, I, here's, here's what I believe. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I believe that as Paul said to the Philippian journal or jailer, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. I believe do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says in James chapter 1 over in Philippians chapter 1. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day. Have faith in God. Truly, this is what, what Mark's gospel records. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go through your, throw yourself into the sea or throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that with the, uh, what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received and it will be yours. So, Mr. Anderson, Neil Anderson, he says this about these eight, uh, eight truths and eight aspects of belief. He says, often when I share these eight critical points of the Christian's belief system, I hear people say, well, I suppose that's true, but I still believe. Which will they live by, Anderson says, what they acknowledge as true and what the Bible says or what they still believe. Always the later, always. Walking by faith is simply choosing to believe what God says is true and live according to the power of the Holy Spirit. At the end of the day, Jesus is core to all my beliefs. How has your belief, how has your faith and Pastor Carlo responded, acknowledged that, referred to it uh, earlier this morning. He says, how has your faith or belief responded to the residential school injustice uh, to, and the 215 skeleton remains? I am told that there will be more yet to be discovered. How has your belief and faith responded to the hate crime that took place this past Monday when, Muslim family, when a Muslim family was mowed down by a pickup truck? James chapter says, James chapter 2 says this, how foolish, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Second Peter chapter 1 says this, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. In, in, that, in that passage of scripture, uh, uh, Peter uses the word faith, but faith is also for an, another, another word for, for, for belief. So today, your, your belief system, it's good to know that you have a belief system, but today it's important that your belief system is based upon the word of God. So if your belief, faith, lines up with God's word, after this message, as Peter said, add to your faith Good. I put it this way. So if your faith and if your belief lines up with God's word after this message, for goodness sake, go out and do something that will bring glory to God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, I want to thank you today. I want to thank you that we can have a belief we can have a belief system. We can have a faith that is grounded soundly upon your word of God that tells us who we are. And I thank you that we can experience all the different dimensions and aspects of, of our belief and faith. 
So, Lord, today, I pray that as this, as this audience today, whether it's here or there or anywhere, Lord, I pray that today that their faith will be based upon the word of God, their belief system will be based upon the word of God, and that today that they will add goodness to their belief, to their faith, and go out and do something good for the kingdom of God. And may you be glorified today in everything that we do, and we give you praise and give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 